Hey, Billy, how's it going? All right, so far, by yourself. I love it. Quite good. I'm glad you're glad you're enjoying yourself. I'm having a pretty good day. Not uh, not a whole lot going on, but that's not bad. I don't think at least maybe it is for some people. I don't know. Dude, honestly, not a bad day to to have not a lot going on. And every once in a while, I feel like you kind of need one of those days where you just can relax and enjoy the view. Right. I think that's a good idea. Until it becomes every day and it just becomes an endless slog and you're wondering what you're doing with your <laughs> life. But that's a little too deep for our podcast. <laughs> 45 <laughs> seconds in already. Well, with that, let's start it. Absolutely. Ben and Billy Spacewalk. Yeah. So, uh, Billy, you had actually a fun exercise that you shared with me. Yes. So, I'm going to explain it because uh, t- to the audience, listeners, whatever. So, um, it's a little bit weird because there's no visual element to see from this. It's basically only an audible thing, as the rest of the podcast is. Uh, in case the people aren't aware, uh, there's a there's a voice actor named uh, D. Bradley Baker. Uh, you may have not heard the name, but I'm sure you've probably heard of a lot of the um, the roles that he's played. Uh, he's played um, well in SpongeBob. I'm sure you've probably heard of that. Uh, he plays Perch Perkins, uh, Bubble Bass, other minor characters that show up wow. there various other fish and other creatures under the sea and such. Um, he was the voice of Olmec in, I think it's like the Legends of the Hidden Temple, that Nickelodeon show from a couple decades ago. Uh, he was the guy who made the voice and also moved the giant uh, the, whatever statue it was. I haven't watched the show myself. I just heard about that. He plays a couple of the characters in Codename Kids Next Door, a lot of the aliens in Ben 10, lots of, lots of stuff. And he has a he has a website called I want to be a voice actor.com. And it's something that I thought would be really cool to uh, to read through. And I haven't read through all of it. I've read through a fair portion of the uh, the different pages that are up. And I sent this link to you earlier, and I'll probably just put a link to it in the uh, description for this episode. But uh, I thought that it would be a cool thing to test some of our uh, voice acting. Uh, even though I'm sure we probably aren't uh, professionals necessarily, I thought it would be cool to practice that for ourselves in a slightly more serious um, way than we do the spooky spaghetti segments where it's obviously meant for comedy for pretty much all of it. Um, <laughs> we'll just basically read off some of some sort of section of a practice session that he has because he has this like list of excerpts from a ba- uh, lot of different books or movies or something like that that can help you by reading it out loud and see what you do with the words how you say them if you stumble upon the reading or something like that just to basically test yourself how you can do for more beginner people or i guess other intermediate people could do it too but you we're not the we're not the intermediate and advanced people all right we we haven't been in the imdb pages and have like loads of different things we've been in that'd be nice but this is our start all right <laughs> um yeah, so that was a lot, but I think that everyone understands what we're saying. So, do you want to get started, Billy? Yeah, 
basically the short thing is we're reading ex- excerpts of stuff on a website. It, that's, it's not that complicated. I just say <laughs> it like in a lot more words. In a lot more words. I love it. Well, that's why we love you, Billy. Oh, I try to be lovable and uh, halfway enjoyable at points. Alright, so I think how we could do this is basically if one of us wants to like decide something from that list. I'm assuming on your phone you have a list of basic practice things off them there, is that correct? Uh, yeah, I actually found a practice that I wanted to do. Okay, uh, do you want to start it out then? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, then uh, after that, I'll read the same thing. If you want to tell us what it is, just so I can go to that page. Yeah, so this is the practice for Willy Wonka. All right, ready whenever you are. Wrong, sir. Wrong. Under Section 37B of the contract signed by him, it states quite clearly that all offers shall become null and void if... And if you read it yourself in this photostatic copy, I, the undersigned, shall forfeit all rights, privileges, and licenses herein and herein contained, etc., etc. Fax mentis incendium gloria cultum, etc., etc. Memo bis punitor delicatum. It's all there, black and white. Clear as crystal, you stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized, so you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. I think you should have been there instead of Gene Wilder. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little overstatement, but... uh... (laughs) I, th- I thought that was pretty good. Uh, maybe the I don't know how, how the listeners could possibly judge it. I mean, they're not they're not here in the recording session with us. But honestly, I thought that was pretty good. I feel like there's a little bit of a struggle in regards to saying some of the non English words, but I I figured that's yeah, probably the case with most people, not just you, obviously. So I'm not going to hold you too strictly to that. But yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty decent. If I you say so myself i guess i have the advantage if i just listen to you so i'm going to be able to uh say it afterwards so there's actually a couple of extra sections there's like two more short sections in this oh yeah like grandpa joe and then him coming back again right yeah so what if we did you read that first section and then i go back and read the truth grandpa joe and then you can just read the last line. Does that work? I think that's a pretty good idea. And then I can go back and read, so you get nothing, you lose. Good day, sir. And then you can read Grandpa Joe. Yeah, I think that'll definitely work out for us. I hope. Cool. Alright, so... Wrong, sir! Wrong! Under Section 37B of the contract signed by him, it states quite clearly that all offers shall become null and void if... And you can read it for yourself in this photostatic copy. I, the undersigned, shall forfeit all rights, privileges, and licenses herein and herein contained, 
etc., etc., Fox Mentis and Cindium Gloria Cultum, etc., etc., Memo Beast Punitor Delicatum. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. You bumped into the ceiling, which now has to be washed and sterilized. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. You're a crook. You cheat and swindler. That's what you are. How can you do anything like this? Build up the little boy's hopes and then smash all his dreams into pieces. You're an inhuman monster. Sir, I said good day. I love it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was very good, Billy. I try. <laughs> okay. okay. You want to start with the, your thing? So, yeah. so you get nothing. I'll start from so you get nothing. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. You're a crook. You're a cheat and a swindler. That's what you are. How can you do a thing like this? Build up a little boy's hopes and then smash his, all his dreams to pieces. You're an inhuman monster. Sir, I said good day. Oh, yeah. I thought that worked out. Yeah. I, I feel like I could have done a little bit better. I feel like I was becoming like uh towards the end of that Grandpa Joe section, I feel like I was becoming like a like a video game RPG character with that. Not necessarily the dialogue, but just how I was saying it, and I feel like that was a little weird for me. But I think that was pretty good. Uh do you have any critiques for yourself um of how you did? Uh yeah, I actually feel like two of the uh I feel like both of my voices were pretty much the same. And I don't know if the old man was like really honestly a very good old man. And so maybe I should have done like vocal warm-ups beforehand with like right. Warmed up like that, you know. But you just can't always can't always get what you want, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I actually had the opposite problem as you did. I feel like I was changing my voice in it midway through. So I would... I, I don't think that my like voice for either character really sounded the same by the end of the monologue. And I feel like I could have done that better, like try to just keep it more consistent. So that's something that I could definitely do. It's kind of weird how we have like reverse problems with it. I don't know. It's, it's just really amusing. Yeah. It is interesting for sure. I think that um, definitely this is something that if if we were to continue doing that we could um, continue to improve upon. I think that's uh, I think that sums it up pretty well. I think it would be nice to do uh, like multiple different parts of this in the future. We can have it be our own special segment, just like all of our other ones. <laughs> yeah, like our seven other segments but that's good that's literally part of our um caption is that what it is at the beginning of our pod or like at the where we read people read about two awesome men who they can listen to now you know what i'm talking about billy right right yeah my description of it i think i think we can add it to there at some point but we got to come up with a name we don't have to do that now by any means the the lip sync section wait it's not really a lip sync at all 
we'll, we'll come up with it later. We didn't plan this part out ahead, all right? We, we, we didn't even plan which, like, sections we're reading. We just kind of thought of it off the top of our heads. Yeah, um, but it's a fun it, idea. Yep, I think uh, if I get to choose this one, I think I'm going to do uh, the a Space Odyssey, or 2001 a Space Odyssey. You know the scene with Hal, uh, with, yep. like, uh, him losing his uh, various chips at the end of the movie? Uh, if you want to go to that page Billion, while I start reading I it. I actually am already there because I was like, I hope, I thought, I was like, this would be a good one to do next. Oh, good. It's like we have the same mindset or something like that. We, we've been around to each other on this podcast a little too long. <laughs> We're probably <laughs> going to figure out the next one. It's going to be the same. I don't know. Anyway, let's, uh, I'll just start it off then. It also goes with the theme of the podcast, Billy. Oh, yeah, space. I didn't even think about that. That was total coincidence, everyone. <laughs> All right. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Dave, I really think I'm entitled to an answer to that question. I know everything hasn't been quite right with me, but I can assure you now, very confidently, that it's going to be all right again. I feel much better now. I really do. Look, Dave... I can see you're really upset about this. I honestly think you should sit down calmly, take a stress pill, and think things over. Dave, stop. Stop, will you? Stop. Dave, will you stop, Dave? Stop. Dave, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Dave. Dave, my mind is going. I can feel it. I can feel it. My mind is going. There is no question about it. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. I'm uh, afraid. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I am a HAL 9000 computer. I became operational at the HAL plant in Urbana, Illinois on the 12th of January, 1992. My instructor was Mr. Langley, and he taught me to sing a song. If you'd like to hear it, I can sing it for you. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer do. I'm half crazy all for the love of you. It won't be a stylish marriage. I can't afford a carriage. But you'll look sweet upon the seat of a bicycle built for two. And that's it. Wow. Billy, I literally thought I was listening to a robot. <laughs> minute and a half. Well, I am, uh, as far as I know, I'm not a robot, but I was trying to imitate one. It was really good, Billy. Very, very well executed. Thank you. I felt like I could have done a little bit better towards the end in regards to, well, in the original, in the movie, it was a little bit different because, like, his voice started to, like, be edited, so it was, like a lot lower pitch and slowed down and I wasn't sure exactly how I should do that or if that would sound good on a podcast like this so I feel like I could have done that part a little bit better but I feel like I got the first part down pretty well for the most part at least yeah it was wonderful Billy oh thank you you had your artistic take on it and that was beautiful I guess the overall message of this is I'm just better when I'm Im- imitating something totally lifeless and dull sounding. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's the message, Billy, but uh, well, that's why I took from it. Take from it. That's what you can. 
Yep. <laughs> All right, let's let's listen to yours. <clears throat> Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Dave, I really think I'm entitled to an answer to that question. I know everything hasn't been quite right with me, but I can assure you now, very confidently, that it's going to be all right again. I feel much better now. I really do. Look, Dave, I can see you're really upset about this. I honestly think you should sit down calmly, take a stress pill, and think things over. Dave, stop. Stop. Will you stop? Dave, will you stop? Dave, stop. Dave, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Dave, Dave, my mind is going. I can feel it. I. Can feel it. My m- mind is going. There is no question about it. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. I free. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I am a HAL 9000 computer. I became operational at the HAL plant in Urbana, Illinois, in the 12th of January, 1992. My instructor was Mr. Langley. He taught me to sing a song. If you'd like to hear it, I can sing it for you. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer. Do I'm half crazy, all for the love of you. It won't be a stylish marriage. I can't afford a carriage, but you'll look sweet upon the seat of a bicycle made for two. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think that was really good. I think it was definitely, it was definitely a different take. It was like a, um, more clearly robotic version of him, you know? Right. Yeah, I got what you mean. I, I kind of like heard that in your voice of uh, trying to do it a little bit differently than um, either myself or how it was in the movie. And I thought that was pretty interesting to listen to. I feel like you did a lot better than I did in regards to like that voice, like messing. Well, not messing up. Like you did anything wrong, but like in the movie, his voice is messing up, and I feel like you captured that pretty well because it's like. If if you haven't seen the Space Odyssey scene, I mean, you're probably going to be confused as to why your voice was changing like that. But, but like obviously, you and I have seen the scene before, so you, you understand why you did that. I, I thought that was pretty well done, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Now, Billy, did you notice that there is also、um, some Ray Bradbury excerpts? 
I did not know that, no. So, I don't know, maybe that would be something you're interested in doing. Just quickly for our last ones. Okay, is this going to be our last one for the for the segment thing for this? Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about some other stuff, we can. Um, if not, we can do... Well, we could actually do two more if you wanted to. Okay, one yeah. One that I choose and one that you choose. Yeah, that'll work. Okay, sweet. Um, well, I think Did- that it would be fun to do... Do you want to look over the... Uh, the Ray Bradbury ones. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. I'm not super familiar with his uh, work besides uh, Fahrenheit 451 and uh, the, the the Illustrated Man, but I'll look around him. Yeah. Okay. So there's a there's the Halloween tree is one. Mm-hmm. Um, something wicked, something wicked this way comes. And from the dust returned, which sounds good to you. Oh, I actually, I actually had a different book one in mind, if you don't mind. Or, well, I mean, like, if you wanted to do one of those, obviously, that's fine. But I was going to do oh, a different please. one. Please. Was it Dracula? Yes, it was. <laughs> I would love to hear it. Okay. Well, I think it would actually be your turn to choose first, since I chose mine before. Oh, yeah. Well, Billy, you know what? I'm happy to switch it up, so... Okay. Yeah, please go. Yep, I, I have also been reading Dracula, like, the whole book, not just this segment. Uh, oh, wow, that's a long segment. Okay, so... Also, I, I feel like I didn't mention this earlier. If you have a way, the listeners, if you have a way to listen to this and watch, the, like, the website that we're reading like the different excerpts i'd recommend that so you can read along and see what's going on because otherwise it's going to make a little less sense unless you've actually experienced whatever it is we're reading so i probably should have put that at the beginning but uh that's all right so i'm gonna i'm just gonna start there's like two paragraphs and then one little line after that all right Alright, I, I didn't want to start after whatever that noise you made was, so... Alright, I got this now. Alright. His face was a strong, a very strong, aquiline with high bridge of the thin nose and peculiarly arched nostrils, with lofty domed forehead and hair growing scantily around the temples but profusely elsewhere. His eyebrows were very massive, almost meeting over the nose, and with bushy hair that seemed to curl in its own profusion. The mouth, so far as I could see it under the heavy mustache, was fixed and rather cruel-looking, with peculiarly sharp white teeth. These protruded over the lips, whose remarkable ruddiness showed astonishing vitality in a man of his years. For the rest, his ears were pale, and at the tops extremely pointed. The chin was broad and strong, and the cheeks firm though thin. The general effect was one of extraordinary pallor. Hitherto I had noticed the backs of his hands as they lay on his knees in the firelight, and they had seemed rather white and fine, but seeing them now close to me, I could not but notice that they were rather coarse, broad, with squat fingers. Strange to say, there were hairs in the center of the palm. The nails were long and fine and cut to a sharp point. As the Count leaned over me and his hands touched me, I could not repress a shudder. It may have been that his breath was rank, 
but horrible feeling of nausea came over me, which, do what I would, I could not conceal. The Count, evidently noticing it, drew back, and with a grim sort of smile, who showed more than he had done his protuberant teeth, sat himself down, uh, down again, I messed up there, sorry, on his own side of the fireplace. We were both silent for a while, and as I looked toward the window, I saw the first dim streak of the coming dawn. There seemed a strange stillness over everything, but as I listened, I heard as if from down below in the valley the howling of many wolves. The Count's eyes gleamed, and he said, Listen to them, the children of the night, what music they make. And that's um, that. That is really interesting. <laughs> Thank you. I probably should have explained that was the description of Dracula. I didn't say that to begin with, but uh, th- that's just basically what it is. He also has a mustache, which I notice isn't really in a lot of depictions of Dracula, even though it says it very clearly there. Uh, just a little thing I just saw. Yeah, it says a very thick mustache. Right. Like Very interesting. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think they've definitely missed out on some of these some of these descriptors of him. He's not like this necessarily gorgeous man. She says that he's like kind of gross, honestly. Yeah, I feel like honestly, um, it would kind of take away from a little bit of like scariness if he had this like huge bushy mustache that uh, <laughs> like you couldn't even see his like mouth or teeth just because it was so large. Uh, maybe in like a comedy version of Dracula, that would be more accurate. But uh, I can understand why they might omit that specific section. But back to my, the actual voice acting hand, I feel like I well, I messed up on one like section of words. I feel like the rest of it I got pretty well. Um, I feel like I did a better, like, I, compared to the first, like, thing, I feel like my, like, when I go down into this kind of, like, deeper voice, I can, like, control that a little bit better, and I feel like I can speak more clearly there. Otherwise, I'm not sure, like, I'm sure I could have improved on the pronunciation a little bit in some instances. I uh, We didn't, like, read these ahead of the time. We're just kind of reading these the first time through, like, as we are right now. So we haven't been able to prepare what we're actually saying. We just got to read what we're doing here. But I don't know. Do you feel like I did well? Or is there stuff I could improve on there? Um, yeah, I think you did well. I would... I would have to go back and listen to it to give really specific pointers, but I'm also not an expert myself, so it's like I think that if you mess up rather than stopping and saying, oh, I messed up there, just continuing through and um, making it work is a really important thing of, of acting, and so I'm sure as well as for voice acting so yeah i guess there i just like i was saying like two halves of different words that did not equate an actual word so there's no way like <laughs> i could have just not acknowledged it but i felt like it would make more sense if i did that but uh, that's still a good point yeah yeah cool billy i yeah but i thought you did well i thought you did well with it oh thank you now i kind of want to hear how you do it you want me to hear the the dracula one Oh, yeah, if you want to oh, do yeah, that. that's what we're doing. I forgot we're doing <laughs> No, that's one. all right. Okay, that's my bad. That's my bad. I was You're like, good. I was ready to do 
the next one. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm ready for mine. Okay, anyways. (laughs) Okay. His face was a strong, a very strong aquiline with a high bridge and a thin nose and peculiarly arched nostrils with lofty, doomed forehead and hair growing scantily around the temples but profusely elsewhere. His eyebrows were very massive, almost meeting over the nose, and with bushy hair that seemed to curl in its own profusion, the mouth, as far as I could see it under the heavy mustache, was fixed and rather cruel-looking, with peculiarly sharp white teeth. These protruded over the lips, his remarkable ruddiness showed astonishing vitality in a man of his years. For the rest, his ears were pale, and the tops extremely pointed. The chin was broad and strong, and the cheeks firm, though thin. The general effect was one of extraordinary power. Hitherto, I had noticed the backs of this of his empty hands as they lay on his knees in the firelight. They had seemed rather white and fine, but seeing them now close to me, I could not but notice they were rather coarse, broad with squat fingers. Strange to say, there were hairs in the center of the palm. The nails were long and fine, and cut to a sharp point as the Count leaned over me his hands touched me. I could not repress a shudder. It may have been that his breath was rank, but a horrible feeling of nausea came over me, which, do what I would, I could not conceal. The Count, evidently noticing it, drew back, and with a grim sort of smile, which showed more than he had yet done of his protuberant teeth, sat himself down again on his own side of the fireplace. We were both silent for a while, and as I looked towards the window, I saw the first dim streak of the coming dawn. There seemed a strange stillness over everything, but as I listened, I heard, as if from down below in the valley, the howling of many wolves. The Count's eyes gleamed, And he said, Listen to them, the children of the night. What music they make. I thought that was pretty good. (laughs) I I feel like the the phone vibration really made it so it was a little more interactive than mine. Oh my goodness, it was so frustrating. Because my screen is open, it... Like, like my do not disturb doesn't work and so it just people kept texting me not a bad thing I'm grateful for you guys for messaging me but I was like I was hoping that you guys couldn't hear it no I mean I don't know about the listeners but I heard it I mean obviously that's not not your fault um, it's not even voice acting just something else that happened at the same point but uh, regardless of that I thought felt like it was done pretty well I noticed that there was just a little bit of like a like the mis- mispronunciations, but it mostly went away towards the ending part of it. 
So I feel like that was something you got better at as you were doing it, which I thought was a pretty good adaptation for it. Was there anything in particular you had in mind of what you could do better at or what you did well at? <laughs> I honestly wish I would have been able to do a better count voice. I just didn't really have one in mind and I wanted to change it from what I had done, obviously. And so right. It was kind of a last second grasping for straws type of a deal. So I kind of did a Hotel Transylvania Dracula, which was maybe not the best choice. It was comedic, but... It's still a vampire. It kind of counts. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, that, that wasn't meant to be like a joke because he's also called the Count. That was a coincidence. <laughs> I mean, no, it wasn't. I, I planned that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, okay, Billy. Well, is there anything that particularly stood out to you about being good in that I thought that you were uh, pretty consistent overall in terms of like how you were saying uh, like how you kept your tone and such which I thought was pretty good to keep that uh, well controlled I know sometimes I have a difficulty myself in just keeping my tone the same within a, sometimes sentences or within a certain paragraph or even just when I'm I'm just regularly talking in a day so I feel like you did pretty well at not having that issue. I thought that was pretty good. Um, otherwise, I feel like uh, just like uh, the relatively slow, I, I mean, I guess it takes a while to do regardless, just because there are a lot of words there. I feel like the slower pace kind of went well, so you could like keep listening into each thing you were saying, if that makes sense. I just feel like I just threw up a whole bunch of words that just I don't feel like went as smoothly as I thought they would be when they came out of my mouth. But uh that's why I thought you did well, at least. <laughs> Thanks, Billy. I thought that you did really well relaying the story in yours. Um, it was it was really cool to be able to kind of imagine it as I was like listening to you. Right. I also do have a little bit of an advantage because I've been reading some of the book already, so I might have actually read that before. Well, well not like read it out loud, but uh, that specific section there because the the Dracula appears pretty early in the book a lot more than I thought he would but that's not really relevant to this right now well I'll talk about it later okay <laughs> like when we do the proper book club segment I mean right right of course of course okay well Billy the next and uh, final one for the night is uh is the Mark Twain practice and this is for Huckleberry Finn okay uh, before you but before you go on over there I got I got I got type it in here because I uh, haven't gotten that part in yet so I don't see it on the list of stuff that I oh no I don't want to re leave a reply I'm sorry there's a section where you can leave a reply and I didn't want to type in Mark Twain with no uh, context so I gotta <laughs> type that in I did I didn't try to i did actually make a comment like asking something specific uh mark twain had nothing to do with it um but i will get to that page and as soon as soon as i get there i'm using a laptop so you might have been hearing a little bit of clicking every once in a while in the uh episode but okay oh my goodness okay if you want you want to start this then uh you have fun with that yeah i don't know if i want to read the whole thing maybe 
get halfway and then stop, but I just think it's it's a classic, so it should be done. We'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> so this is Huck speaking. This is Huckleberry Finn. All right. Don't talk about it, Tom. I've tried it, and it don't work. It don't work, Tom. It ain't for me. I ain't used to it. The witter's witter's good to me and friendly, but I can't stand them ways. She makes me get up just the same time every morning. She makes me wash, then comb me all up to thunder. She won't let me sleep in the woodshed. I gotta wear them blamed clothes and just smothers me, Tom. They don't seem to get any air through them somehow. And they're so rotten nice that I can't sit down nor lay down nor roll around anywhere. I ain't slid on a cellar door for, well, it appears to be years. I got to go to church and sweat and all sweat. Ah, I hate them ornery sermons. I can't catch a fly in there. I ain't, I can't chaw. I gotta wear shoes all Sunday. The winter's eats by a bell. She goes to bed by a bell. She gets up by a bell. Everything's so awful regular. Anybody can't stand it. Tom, it don't make no difference that everybody does it. I ain't everybody. I can't stand it. It's awful to be tied up so, and grub comes too easy. I don't take no interest in vittles that way. I gotta go and I gotta ask to go go fishing. I gotta ask to go swimming. Darned if I had to go ask to do everything. Well, I gotta talk. I got to talk so nice if it wasn't no comfort. I got to go up to the attic and rip out a while every day and get a taste in my mouth. Right at diet time. The widow won't let me smoke. She won't let me yell. She won't let me gape, nor sketch, nor scratch before folks. <clears throat> my dad, my dad fetch it. She prayed all the time. I never seen, I'd never seen such a woman. I had to show Tom. I just had to. Besides that, school's gonna open, and I had to, and I'd have had to go to it. Well, I wouldn't stand that, Tom. Look here. Being rich ain't what it's all cracked up to be. It's just worry and worry and sweat and sweat and the wishing that you was dead all the time. Now, these clothes suits me and this barrel suits me and I ain't ever gonna shake them anymore. Tom, I wouldn't ever got into all this trouble if I hadn't have been for all that money. Now you just take my share of it along with yours and give me a ten center sometimes. Not many times, cause I don't give a dern for nothing about that tolerable hard thing to get. No, Tom, I won't be rich, and I won't live in them cussed smotherly houses. 
I like the woods, and I like the river, and hogsheads. I'll stick to them, too. Blame it all. Just as we'd got guns in a cave, and all just fixed to rob, here this darn foolishness has to come and spile it all. All right. I think I think you did well on there. I feel like we did well on all, pretty much all these, to be fair. But uh, I thought that was a bit different than the other ones we did. Um, I thought that it was amusing how, like, I know that there was a little bit of uh, a bit of mispronunciation just like before on just a couple little bits. But because of the way this is written, like you you almost can't can't notice it really because it just like how the words like are read you already can't understand what he says sometimes so it doesn't really hurt the experience in my opinion yeah it's written well it's written almost phonetically and so it's like hard to okay at the beginning he has a disclaimer it says Mark Twain often spelled out vernacular speech almost phonetically which can be a challenge to read out loud on the fly, but it's fun to try. So, just kind of interesting to um, to think about. I never really thought about it that way until you mentioned it there. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Alright, do you have any self-reflection or right now, or do you just want me to do it here? No, I think it was kind of kind of tough to to do it just because um it was so like there were some weird words and then there was also some like almost unnecessary dialogue that was like adding background information of like what he was doing so basically like how I talk every day (laughs) Yeah, sure, Billy. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not what you meant, but I thought that was funny because that's how I describe my own like speech at points. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm just... Please, yeah, hop into it. All right. Don't talk about it, Tom. I tried it, and it don't work. It don't work, Tom. It ain't for me. I ain't used to it. The widow's good to me and friendly, but I can't stand them that ways. She makes me get up just at the same time every morning. She makes me wash. They comb me all the thunder. She won't let me sleep in the woodshed. I've got to wear them blamed clothes that just smothers me. Tom, they don't seem to get any air get through them somehow. And they're so rotten nice that I can't sit down, nor lay down, nor roll around anywheres. I hadn't slid on a cellar door for, well, it seems pairs to years. I got to go to church and sweat and sweat. I hate them ornery sermons. I can't catch a fly in there. I can't chaw. I got to wear shoes all Sunday. The widow eats by a bell she goes to sleep by the bed by the bell she gets up by a bell everything's so awful regular a body can't stand it tom it don't make no difference that everybody does it i ain't everybody and i can't stand it it's awful to be tied up so and grub becomes too easy i don't take no interest in biddles that way i gotta ask to go to a fishing i gotta ask to go to a swimming durned if i ain't got asked to do everything well, I got to talk so nice it wasn't no comfort. I got to go up in the attic and rip out the, 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 a while every day <laughs> to get a taste in my mouth. Or I'd have died, Tom. The widow wouldn't let me smoke. She wouldn't let me yell. She wouldn't let me gape, nor stretch, nor scratch before folks. Then, with a spasm of 
have a special irritation and injury. And dad, fetch it. She prayed all the time. I never seen such a woman. I had to shove, Tom. I just had to. And besides, that school's gonna be go open. I had to go out to it. Well, I wouldn't stand that, Tom. Looky here, Tom. Being rich ain't what it's cracked up to be. It's just worry and worry and sweat and sweat and wishing you was dead all the time. Now these clothes suit me and this barrel suits me and I ain't gonna shake them anymore. Tom, I wouldn't ever gotten into all this trouble if it hadn't been for that money. Now you just take my share of it and, along with yourn and give me 10 cents sometimes. Not many times because I don't give a dern for those things that's tolerable to get. No, Tom, I won't be rich and I won't live into these custard smothery houses. I like the woods and the river and the hog sheds. And I stick to him too. Blame it all. Just as we got guns in a cave and all just fixed up to rob. Here, this darn foolishness, I just gotta come up and spot it all. I feel Beautiful. like I could have slowed down there. <laughs> yeah, okay. like, it was really well done. Yeah, I feel like, uh, thank you. I feel like on mine, um, I, I was trying to do it more quickly just to see how that would go. I feel like I skipped over several words, added a couple more at different points. I think like halfway through, I knew that I think I think I tried to have an accent towards the beginning and then it just kind of went away about like two or three sentences in just as I tried to go faster with it. I mean, like with a story like this, there's not really a lot of ways you can do an accent like that. Like it's almost required for it. Like I know we tried to like do like different interpretations of these compared to each other, but this type of story, like with when it was written and such is meant to be a specific way. So I don't think you can really get that part away. So I feel like I could have done a little bit better on that part. Um, I try to have a little bit of comedy with just slowing down because there's like a little section where he's not actually speaking. It's just something that's happening like in the background. But um, I didn't know if that would come across as funny or not. I just kind of wanted to add that little part in once I saw it there. Um, I, I feel like also halfway through, I was just kind of doing the same pattern of how I was saying the voice. I was trying to, uh, like, how I was doing, I don't know if you thought about this, but I was trying to think about, like, how the scene would play out in my head and be like, okay, how would he say this in regards to how quickly or how loudly he would be doing it? So I tried to think about that as how I was doing it, but I don't know if that came across very well. That was just something I was attempting to do. Yeah. Well, Billy, I think the only thing that I would mention is I feel like you went a little bit fast, and I feel like it could work if you um, actually had time to practice it a couple times. Yeah, I guess so. But I I do like that, because, you know, he's frustrated, and he's upset, and he's just kind of like, I get the image of him pacing back and forth, and... <laughs> So, just interesting. But should we do a space fact and then wrap it up? I think that's a pretty good idea. Sweet. Space fact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Um, today, I want to talk about the Artemis plan the Artemis program so um, basically I think we might have talked about this a long while ago but 
It's NASA's plan to land the first woman and the next man on the moon. And it will be uh, in 2024. And essentially, we're trying to like create a base on the moon so that we can like move into our next steps of living on Mars so basically we're going to the moon and we're going to try and build on the moon which I know always ends horribly in every single movie that we do that but um we're gonna do that and um I think we're gonna so 2024 is the time is the time frame of when they're trying to do this that's like next year well almost next year if you just discount the next two years then it is you're right (laughs) pretty intense dude like kind of crazy that they're trying to do that and um you know, it's it's been a while since we've gone to the moon. Our last our last manned lunar mission was in nineteen seventy two. So That was like last year. You're right. <laughs> Minus like fifty years. Yeah, I don't have the best uh, perception of time or space. <laughs> uh, well, that's okay, Billy. That's what we're here for. We're here to gain that perception. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, was there anything else you want to mention about the fact, or was that about it? That was it. I just okay. wanted to add, it's Memorial Day today, so thank you to all of our veterans who've served us and and made that ultimate sacrifice for our country and our freedoms I mean could not thank you more I especially those who served in the Vietnam and Korean wars that were just especially the Vietnam war that were just hated when they came home um, thank you so much for all that you've done for our country and our safety yeah, admittedly, we didn't do the best transition into it, but uh, yeah, yeah, the same applies. I mean, I'm not the best at speaking. Yeah, basically, y- yes, thank you. I-, I don't mean to like understate that by making a joke about our transitions, but seriously, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Billy, have you got anything you want to add? No. Okay. Well- <laughs> no. I think we should do this again sometime. Not just the whole podcasting thing, obviously, that, but also this voice acting lesson practice thing. I think it's a pretty good exercise for us to do to expand our skills a little bit. Oh, man. I totally agree. I think that it's really fun. And I think that, you know, it will give the readers a good taste for um, voice acting, but also for... um, like audiobooks you know because there were some of those options we chose were actually books and so you know it might be really interesting for you to go and look into different audiobooks that align with with this you know 
But if there's an ever an audiobook of Adventures of Huckleberry Finn with me as the narrator, I don't recommend that one. I, I'll big, I'll get done with the book in like 30 minutes with my speed, <laughs> but you're not going to understand a thing. World's fastest speed reader, Wilfred <laughs> Summers the Fourth. You, you can't understand it, but that's that's not the part of it. You just have to read it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Billy, it's been a pleasure. I would like to think so. <laughs> well, with that, this is Ben and Billy signing off. Oh yeah.